Grand Rising, everyone. I like going to live. Spirit and coffee. Got my coffee here. Cheers. Salud. Ah, yum. Okay, um, let's get started. So yesterday, and I've been talking about, um, so, you know, taking a course called Cosmo Cosmology and Consciousness, taking another course, Social Intelligence, which is good. It's talking about effective communication. And I think both, everything's interconnected, right? I think we can make a connection to all things in some way, in some regard, in some respect. So um, in social intelligence, talking about nonviolent communication, but also in cosmology and consciousness, talking about how quantum physics and classical physics works. And I talk about that a little bit in spiritual alchemy. So this morning I was kind of contemplating alchemy and thinking, you know, we as alchemists change the way that we view the world all the time because you couldn't call yourself a spiritual alchemist if you were pigeonholed into one way of seeing the world. So as you look at these, you'll see that I've done tons and tons of videos, right? Four years of videos. And then I think on Podbean, maybe two years of content on Podbean, on voice, audio. But started um, with the video. And hey, GP man, what's up? I haven't seen you in a while. And so, um, you'll see that through time that some of there's some basic foundational things that stay the same but pretty much your mindset changes as you get new information and so you could never know it all right we're 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 even though the universe lives within us doesn't mean that we truly understand how it fully operates we don't um we can't understand i mean we we look at the body and we'll say well yeah the heart beats because of this and this and that and the other but I mean, our heart's beating all the time. So we don't understand certain things. Quantum physics still, you know, hasn't calculated. They're looking into quantum gravity gravity or something like that and trying to figure out what are the properties of quantum physics? How does that operate? So constantly changing. Now we'll see this in alchemy and science, right? Where they're constantly changing their approach. So in a way, science does have some foundation and grounding in alchemy. We change the way, however, people, okay, we do change the way we see it. However, you'll have some scientists that get so stuck to their way of thinking um, that they can't think outside of it. And because of that, sometimes we get stagnant and stuck. And it's not until we open our mind to new ways of viewing the world that things start to shift and change. And then we start to level up the consciousness or we're... Um, I don't even want to say level. We expand our consciousness. We expand the way that we view the world. And now we have a better way and approach to interconnecting. So I took this um, thing with this friend of mine, a workshop, and he was uh, he's a spiritual alchemist. He's probably one of the only practitioners that I truly, I know a few uh, practitioners of alchemy, maybe three or four that are real true practitioners. And he was putting on these seminars and his seminar talking about brain hacks and understanding that our brain um, has the ability to interconnect things. And that is the way the universe works. Everything is interconnected. There's nothing that's separate. We think it is, it looks like it is, but it's not. And the consequences of our actions, there's like a ripple effect. 
So something that I'm learning in the quantum physics realm, which is really kind of crazy and didn't even know this before in classical physics is that the waves, right? How waves work, the ripple effect, what does it even mean? And how does that apply to us and the way that we view the world right now? How do we create the ripple um, that's gonna help to maybe heal the planet and even us? So looking at the ripple, so back, in ancient times, in ancient times, probably 1900, 1800, whenever they started doing classic physics, or Newton came up with, you know, the law of gravity and all these things that they came up with, right? These ideas. And they were calling it the law of gravity. Well, they didn't know how gravity worked. So, and they didn't even know how time and space worked. So what they said is that there's this infinite time space and that it just is. Well, of course, we have Einstein who came along and he said, hey, here's how it works. But before that, they thought that light itself, because they always measured everything to the speed of light, even time and all that, how fast does it take for something to drop against the speed of light, whatever, um, that light itself, um, they thought it moved along a wave, that there must be something pulling it away and they called it the ether and i didn't even know i didn't even know this right I didn't really i we always say we're up in the ether well what is the ether well that's where they came up with the word ether and the word ether um was a way to describe how the vibrational tones of light were were sent across but there was none and and einstein said there's not and that's where einstein came out with his science and, and said, here's how the universe works. Now, is he right, wrong, good or bad? We don't know. They have done a bunch of experiments and they say, yeah, he's correct. But science itself will work to discredit any other science that comes before it. So it's not really about science saying, hey, we're right, until you get a scientist's ego gets in the way and says, yeah, we're right, and that's that. And this is the way it is and too bad you're just everybody's going to agree with this and then they're proven incorrect so this is sort of the idea of alchemy in a sense however they've gone too far right you we get that they've gone too far but in your life when you're applying alchemy to your life you're not just stuck to one way of seeing the world i'm not stuck to one way of seeing the world and you'll see that ideas change and there's different language and different ways to describe the same thing even. And your ideas start to evolve into something different. And the more that you know, the more that you know that you don't know. But also there's an interconnection and this is where the brain hack comes. There will be times if you dive into spiritual alchemy that you start to understand the interwoven connection um, to different things, your epiphanies, like it's almost like the neurons will fire and your whole brain will be stimulated. And all of a sudden you're like, understand this big concept and everything's interconnected. And when you talk about it, you can go from one thing to the next, right? One subject to the next, and it's all interconnected. And some people are like, wait, I don't like, how is it? How did we start here and end up here? Because it is interconnected, but your brain, it allows you to make those connections. So, in other words, the more that you dive into alchemy, the broader your scope, the more that you can interconnect and see how everything's interconnected. And also, you start to become 
the alchemist. You start to turn everything into gold, right? Meaning you are able to tap into the abundance of the universe of all that is. You recognize that abundance. You understand the abundance and you work with the abundance. So it's pretty cool. And I was thinking about that this morning. So we do have that ability. Now, as I read in, um, as I read, sorry, you guys, I have, um, I just been getting, and I do apologize, um, allergies for some reason, which is crazy. Hello, Freedom. How are you? I got your message and I tried to respond to you. I think you had said something. Um, and if you want to put it on here, I know you had said the ether, actually. I think you are saying something about the ether. And I just actually talked about the ether because it came up. Obviously, the ether wants to talk to me. Um, the ether being a um, concept that came up in classical physics. So go back and, you know, do some research. See where these words come from. That's what I do. That's another thing that alchemists, as alchemists, we do is we go back and we look at the etymology of the word. Where did it derive from? Because symbols create. So a little bit of Alchemy 101 that you guys can apply to your life. If you're ever trying to do research, if you're ever trying to understand a concept, if you're ever trying to understand a, a subject, anything like that, the first thing is to understand first the language because every subject, every major field has their own language. And if we understand the logos, right, which is their alchemy, it's their way of, of communicating, right? Like math has its own language. You have to understand math. If you want to be an astrophysicist, you're going to have to understand how to do these complex equations. That's a language in itself. If you're going to be, um, if you're going to be in a symphony, right? Then what do you have to do? You have to know how to read music. Music is a language. That's the language you need to understand. If you're going to write novels, fiction novels, then you need to understand the language of fiction novels. What is it that it takes to get there? There's a process. So each, each, each organization has their own language, basically, or department, or however you want to call it. So understanding language, and the most important thing is to understand where, why did this word come to be? Where did it come from? How come it's there? Because we use words, we don't really know what we're talking about sometimes. Even myself, I'll say things and then I go back and I'm like, wait, that wasn't even, no. Let me, rec let me recorrect where that came from, right? And we start to look into it. So language is how we shape reality. That's how we shape reality. And that's how we shape even organizations and everything in the world. So as a spiritual alchemist, if you guys are wanting to be practitioners, the best thing for you to do is to understand the words you're using. So when you say something like, you know, I was just, I'm going to be in the ether. Well, what is the ether? What the hell does that even mean? Where did it come from? How come that word even came to being? Am I using it correctly? Is that really what I'm trying to communicate? Well, when we go back, we look at ether. That's a word that came out of classical physics. And, and when you look at it, what does it mean? What was the implications of that word? Well, they threw the ether out completely when Einstein came around. And they said there is no ether. You just, they made that up and it doesn't even exist, right? According to science. Now, according to perhaps the spiritual domain, when we think about it, it may exist for us and feel real. And we can use it in that context. But if we're looking at it through a scientific um, perspective, we'd say, no, not necessarily either. 
there's a different way that things are operating. So looking at the etymology of the word, picking it apart, understanding the symbology behind it is how magic's created. That's how it's created. Now, our own symbology is how we recreate and restructure spiritual alchemy. And so, of course, they didn't want people having this knowledge and wisdom of how to do it. When we look at symbols, symbols are what have created and shaped the world around us. Yesterday, I talked about the pyramid. Why are we in such a patriarchal, um, you know, world right now? Not all cultures are. But why do we see the world? Well, the patriarch's not bad, but if we have, if we don't honor both the patriarch and matriarch together because they're not separate, we're going to lean too far to one extreme. But when we look at the symbols that created the patriarch, we equate the upward facing pyramid with the patriarch. And that's the symbol we use for everything. Organizational structures and design. So you've got to understand symbols do create and there's some sort of outcome. So what do we do? Well, your alchemy can be symbols. How do we crack into the symbols? We crack into the symbols, right, by actually going within. So meditation, um, when we do all these things, we get these ideas. Now, one thing that happened with me the other day, which is kind of cool, and typically when I tap into sacred geometry, which is kind of what I get, that's that's my medicine. That's what comes to me as sacred geometry. It typically matches up. I don't have to go learn from a, a physicist and all that. It comes to me because I look within and I understand nature and and how nature might work. And when I look at my models, they align with what the physicists are saying. I have the picture inside because we have those pictures inside of us, right? We have it as within, so without. So part of time, which is a big piece of the equation, when we're looking at classical physics, when we're looking at quantum physics, and if we're looking at it as a spiritual alchemist, the big two things that come up are time and space, right? How do time and space operate? Now, these are the bigger questions that, and I would say that Einstein and all these people were alchemists. They, they were. They were alchemists. Now, were they spiritual alchemists? I would say yes. Now, did other individuals bastardize some of their work? I would say yes. And then they manipulated it and da-da-da, and the story goes on. But what I want to talk about is how they viewed the world. They looked. They contemplated. They had deep introspection. You know, there's stories about each one of these individuals, even Einstein, when he couldn't figure out a complex equation, he didn't sit there trying to figure it out. He, he reflected, he took a bike ride, he started to meditate, he, he believed in going internally, looking at his dreams. These are things that spiritual alchemists do. We're contemplating the nature of uh, the law of nature, not the law of humankind. See, there's a distortion in the law of human. Nature itself has its own laws, and those laws are operating without us doing anything. Although we have now created, our laws have created a detriment to the natural law, which is causing our own damnation, right? So we, again, another way to say we are our own worst enemy. We are killing ourselves. We think we're above natural law. And because of that, we're killing ourselves. That's literally what's happening. We're we're basically saying um, we're going to go extinct if we don't 
if we keep on thinking we have the ultimate law when we don't. Nature's law is going to thrive and survive. It was here before us and we're a part of it and we can interact with it and co-participate with it. So the reflection and going back to the reflection in physics, we, we end up with these concepts and these concepts being the ether and the ether was, and something that was really cool to me is that um, they talk about wave particles and you know, we have sound is on the wave of air, which is really cool, right? So air itself sends out that transmission. It's, it's air that sends those wave particles or whatever you wanna call it, wavelengths or whatever, so that we can pick up the sound. Well, they thought the same was true for light. They thought that light was had a wave pattern. And of course, they're finding that's not the truth, right? That's not true. But they created the word ether to explain that wave. It was this ether, this unseen thing that they couldn't really see it. They didn't know what it was. So they were trying to figure this out in time and space. Well, how is time and space, you know, how do we apply that to our alchemy, to our life? Because time, right? We only have a certain amount of time. There are certain facts that we can't say we do in this human body that we currently have. Okay. I don't know what happens after. Maybe you get a new body. I don't know. Maybe you go somewhere else. I don't know. But right now, your physical body is never going to happen again in that exact way, in that exact form. And we have it. And we have a certain amount of time on earth as a human here. Now, people understanding how to utilize their time, because we can talk about time and space and how, relative, oh, okay, the, the law of relativity, well, depending on where you are, time is gonna slow up, it's gonna speed up, it's gonna slow down, it's gonna, how do we use our time on earth to do what it is that we are wanting to do? And that's really what I really look at as a spiritual alchemist. Reminding people that they do have time here and that they can use it wisely if they choose. So what does that look like? Well, we can take the law of maybe physics, right? That they've come up. Uh, I misspelled ether is, I believe, correct. Yeah, that is right. That is the ether. And look at it. Look it up. Look and see that they, they created that word to describe the wavelength of light. It's kind of cool because in cosmology and consciousness, I'm, I really love reading about quantum physics, classical physics. Um, and I haven't in a while because I started reading other things, of course. I have all, a wide variety of things that I read. But that's what we're focusing on right now is the, the physics, the relativity, the law of relativity, basically. Um, and, you know, we went from the beginning of, of the story all the way to how did it come to be? How did everything come to be? And now we're looking at, now how do we utilize it? Again, time being the big thing. So we see Einstein, right, comes in and he says, well, here's time and space. And, you know, the Big Bang says, okay, at the beginning of the Big Bang was the first time and space was created. And so we have what we call these dimples in space. Um, and those dimples in space cause time to seem different from different perspectives. And in fact, when they do, and the, the reason why science says that this is factual is because if 
you the the actual telescopes or whatever they're called up there what are they called give me the right name anyway that are up there satellites there they are the satellites that are in space right now they have to adjust the time clock because the time clock is not the same as here so for our gps to work they have to manipulate the time up there in order for it to match what's down here so they know that time is different and it's relative and if you're if you're going at the speed of light it's almost like you're slowing down completely like time doesn't exist so kind of really cool and and wonky and weird but again it's theoretical right because when we look at classical physics and we look at quantum physics they don't add up so we don't have the full story so now they're looking for quantum gravity. They're trying to understand how particles behave, you know, because of gravity. And perhaps we need to get out of the idea of gravity. Maybe that's not the right word, right? Newton has a whole theory around gravity. And everybody started to believe what he thought. And scientists went in that direction. And until somebody said, no, this isn't correct. But the thing with science is if you say something's not correct, and someone's gone so far down the road, they're gonna say, well, I don't care. You know, you think Einstein was just so popular at first? No, he wasn't. <laughs> Spiritual alchemists are not gonna be popular at first. And oftentimes they are not popular until after they're dead. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but it's kind of true. Let's see, I think uh, this is the rest of the equation. Ethers, yeah, they, they well read up on it because they they just proved that there was an ether to, based on their definition in scientific understanding and the person who coined the term. So go read up, just understand. That's all I'm saying. Gravity could be magnetics. It could be absolutely. So we we don't know. And here's the deal: if you want to make a change um, in any kind of, um, scientific understanding, then you better become, um, you better start talking to those individuals or write a paper, a white paper or whatever it is, or a book or an article, right? That's what Einstein did. He wrote an article and they were pissed at his article. Nobody liked it. They kept saying he's crazy. So there's, um, Walter Russell is one guy that I, um, love to read. He talks about light and how light works and stuff as well. And he has this whole layout, but he didn't go into academia either. You'll often find that spiritual alchemists are not welcome in academics. Even myself as an academic going through a, a program that is kind of new way of thinking, right? It's consciousness, it's transformative studies. It's, it's, it's a different way of looking at the world doesn't necessarily put spiritual alchemy at the forefront of it. And me talking about it, even in those spaces, people don't really know it, even the professors. They rarely touch on it. When, we, when you have, because why? Because it, it's magic in motion. People don't realize the power of spiritual alchemy. It is so powerful. It's almost scary because you can do some damage, real damage, if you use it properly. But when we look at academia and we look at all these individuals who talked about alchemy, Einstein was an alchemist, spiritual alchemist. Okay, we, and we look at, at Carl Jung, spiritual alchemist. Okay, 
We talk about all these individuals. They were all spiritual alchemists. Okay. And when we see that they touch on it, because each one of them, in some regard, in some sense, touches on alchemy. We will say Carl Jung made the biggest impact in psychology when it comes to parapsychology, when it comes to um, the uh, psychoanalysis, all this stuff, hypnotherapy, all that. Freud and Jung, same thing. Why? Well, we have that Jung kind of trumped, I don't want to say trumped, but he's more analyzed than Freud because why? Because he put alchemy into his stuff. But at first, Freud and him got in a fight because of it. That's what they were fighting about because he wanted to go into alchemy. He wanted to go into the dream world. He wanted to do all these things that academia doesn't honor. It's not scientifically based, blah, blah, blah. They're going to think you're a whack job. So the answers, however, we're still looking at, we're still talking about Jung. There's whole people analyzing Jungian analysis. There's people that are looking at Jung as this puts him on a pedestal. It pisses me off. I'm like, no. I don't even think he wanted to be put on a pedestal. He wanted people to learn their own alchemy. That's the point. And like, even like you said, meditation. Meditation is a piece of alchemy. It's one way and it can be found there. Absolutely. It's one way, but there's many ways. Okay. Dreams are another one. Hypnotherapy, which is a little bit further, um, it is meditation kind of, but not really. You have somebody helping you guide you through the um, unconscious mind or the subconscious mind. So we need, so I'm, what I'm saying here is if you're interested in alchemy and you're trying to understand what it means and how it has created and shaped and molded the world, you've got to understand symbols. Symbols are, are the base of where it comes from or how we do our magic in this world, how we co-create with the divine, whatever you want to call it. Now, I call it magic, and people are, might be afraid of that. We're not in a way that, oh, we're conjuring spells and all this. No, we're co-creating with the divine when we do magic. We're looking at na natural law, and we're co-participating with natural law. Now, the greatest form, in my opinion, Okay, this is just my opinion. Somebody else can have another opinion. I think I've talked about it before. That alchemy in motion and the greatest system that I see of alchemy in motion that honored nature and co-created with nature is Kung Fu. Kung Fu and Tai Chi. Tai Chi Chuan being um, probably the most... Tai Chi Chuan... So Tai Chi, people tend to think Tai Chi um, is something for health, and it is, and that it's meditation and motion, but it's mo the most deadly form of Kung Fu. People don't even know that, our martial art, because it uses the laws of nature, the yin and the yang. The symbol that represents Tai Chi is yin-yang. There's no blocking. It's just redirect a force, which is what, we, which is what nature does. It redirects the force and we learn to use the force with it. The laws of nature. Tai Chi, Kung Fu looked at nature and said, how do we apply the laws of nature to our bodies? What up, Quaddi? Haven't seen you in a while either.
Good morning, candlestick. So again, probably what's, uh, let's see, what's holy and what's sacred? Things can be sacred, but unholy. It's unholy, but that which is holy is sacred. And uh, that's the difference between the two. What's holy and what's sacred? Things can be sacred, but unholy. Yeah, of course. Um, that's intention. And that's only with human beings. <laughs> right? You wouldn't apply the sacred and unholy and holy to dolphins. But we have these words and language to humans, right? Why? Because we think that we have dominion over everything, and that's bullshit. We don't. Everything's interconnected. So we need to understand holistically, which is holy, like you said. But we also need to understand the intention behind how we utilize that information as humans. Because we're making a mess out of this craziness. Good and evil is interconnected, but which one do you connect yourself with? Well, I think there's a balance between the two. Is that a question? Or are you, um, is that a, just a statement for people to ponder? Let me know. Is it a, because if it's a statement for people to ponder, then I would say, you know, candlesticks um, is trying to ignite some kind of a, um, maybe a thought process for you to journal on or something. <laughs> Um, it's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a fact, you know, you're saying good and evil is interconnected. Which one do you connect yourself with? You're asking a question there. So I don't, I'm trying to figure out if that question is directed towards me or are you asking people themselves? What are they connecting with? So there's a question there. How deep is a holy? So... Um, so again, yeah, and looking at that now, how we apply intentionality to it is important. Um, and you know, I think that's kind of what you're getting. That's the idea you're getting to is intentionality and that's part of it. However, if you understand that you are interconnected, okay, interconnected to all that exists and that everything that you do has some consequence, has some result, has some impact then you will understand that your choices can harm the whole. Now, we don't understand this on a personal level. Now, when we're looking at systems and we look at a whole systems, whole systems, and we say, holy crap, look what we have done. And whole systems, not just micro systems. I'm talking about macro systems. Okay, the intentionality behind a corporation is critical. Why? Well, because it has an impact, a greater impact on the greater whole. And also we have an impact on that. So there's an intentionality because yes, let's say candlestick, we, we connect ourselves with what is good and righteous. Okay. And that we are interconnected to nature, but we're standing alone in this. And at the macrocosm or at the bigger picture people are choosing into corporations with the intentionality or you yourself are plugging yourself into a corporation where their intentions are evil 
How are you impacting the whole? Right? Are you standing in integrity with yourself? So there's a twofold, right? As within, so without, as above, so below. We're looking at the macro, micro, and it's both. It's interconnected. It's not just one or the other. This is where that holistic approach comes from. You can't change the mind of a corporation because a corporation doesn't have a mind. It's a dead entity, right? Corp, dead, dead entity. We breathe life into this dead entity and we, we call it a thing and we call it, we, we act as though it's a human thing. It's not a human thing. <laughs> but the operations behind it, right? And here we go into, again, the logos and the designs. Alchemy is shaped by symbols. Those symbols are going to co-create. They're going to create no matter what you think. So if we're creating in a patriarchal world, does it matter what you do? I don't care how much you try to be or even talk about equity and inclusion, which is something that I talk about. You can't. It's nearly impossible to say equity and inclusion when you have a pyramid facing like this corporation where only one person at the top is going to be illuminated to the top is going to be the top head person. There's only one chair for that person to sit on. The systems themselves, the symbols that are created themselves were not designed to honor inclusiveness. <laughs> they were not shaped that way. That's what I'm trying to get you guys to understand that symbols create and our symbols and how we operate in our life is critical. What symbols are you working through? Are you still working through um, a patriarchal model? Which is not bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying there's a consequence. That model is going to have a result. Because it's a symbol. And symbols create. And that is alchemy. So we go back in time. It's an emergence, right? Uh, let's see, would you allow a demon or a person with perverted spirit feed your people or even your children? Okay, so Candlestick, are those questions for me or everybody else? I think you're asking for the community. That's kind of what I was asking you. And, you know, it's fine. Ask questions and people can, you know, respond or whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure most people are going to say no. <laughs> Do they practice that? I don't know. Right? But we do. Even though you're asking these questions, we don't even understand that we are under a curse of, of something greater than we we can't even comprehend it. And we don't know how to get out of it. And everybody's lost and everybody's trying to figure it out. No one has the answer right now. And if you start reading in conscious, consciousness, right? Yes, the birth certificate is a corporation. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that. We get into law. We get into any subject. It's all alchemy. I'm telling you, spiritual alchemy. And the more that we wake up to this and the more people are starting to recognize this, the crazier things are going to get. Because we're undoing these old curses that no longer, they're curses in my opinion. They're curses. People manipulated it purposefully. They use this information purposefully. Go back in history and you'll see the alchemists were always the ones crucified. They're always the ones who get in trouble. They're always the ones who end up, you either work for them, and by them I mean the ones who have distorted alchemy and structures. You either work for them and shut your mouth or you're a whack job. 
and you're defamed or you're killed off. <laughs> That's usually how it works. The more and more that people start to wake up to alchemy because of the process, right? It's a process and it helps us to untangle and unshackle. We're no longer slaves when we understand alchemy exists. We're no longer slaves because we understand that abundance exists in all nature and, and there is no, um, there's abundance everywhere. That's what it is. Tapping into the abundance of nature itself, which we're right now, we're taking, taking and taking and taking and taking and taking. We're going to kill ourselves off. That's what we're doing. In fact, your perspective as a corporation, um, you was stolen your birth, use maritime law, yes, instead of natural law, absolutely. So I love it. I think all these individuals who are doing um, what I call commerce, which um, I took a class credit in commerce ages ago, um, you know, on, on, you know, these laws and stuff like that and how the laws were taken. Yes, and you're absolutely right with that. Um, and law, maritime law was used instead of natural law. Yes, there you go. Good job. That's, that's actually correct. Um, and then that's why we have birth and everything is related to maritime law, which is kind of crazy, right? You and whoever wants to answer. Um, I'm just throwing it out there. Awesome. Thank you for your interaction. Candlestick, appreciate your questions. I appreciate you guys interacting here. This has been a satanic society. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's your ID was stolen. Yeah. Just being human with the conscious. Yeah. We know good and evil. We do. Um, and in the process of changing the status. Yeah. So here's the deal. I'm just going to close it out this way. You guys are all, I'm, you guys are all putting in some pretty, really awesome stuff. And thank you for sharing. Here's the deal when it comes to changing the process. These current systems aren't going to change anything. You can't change a system that we didn't create the system. So we can't change it because it's written in old alchemy it's written in <laughs> it's a curse basically it's a spell that was put upon the human kind if we go back to indigenous cultures they talked about it they knew it was coming you see where i come from in new mexico if you go back to the ancient times or where you go back to the indigenous cultures that still live today in all their stories, they talk about it. it. They already knew it was coming. And they called it a curse. And guess what? Now we see the result of that curse. It doesn't matter how much we'll say, well, Western society doesn't have it all. No, Western society has done some real damage, right? When they colonized us, there's some, been some real damage. And, and historically looking at New Mexico and where I come from and looking at the individuals here, we're the most impoverished state. It's really kind of sad to see we have alcoholism. We have all of these things. They ripped our rituals and rights away from it. It gives me the chills to even talk about it. They took out ceremony. I'm going to cry. They raped. They took from. And they gave us poison. That's what they did to my people, born and raised from this land. DNA tests, right, say that I came directly from the soil of New Mexico. We didn't migrate, but I was colonized. I do have Spanish blood in me as well. I'm a product of both, of both. And so candlestick, 
when I'm talking to you, I'm saying, yeah, we do have a choice. I could choose to be like the colonizers. I can choose to be like that. Or I can choose to go back to my heritage where we were from this land and we had rites of passage, rituals. We honored the land, which we still do. And go back to the ancient traditional ways. But guess what? Those lands have been taken. People were raped, killed, murdered. So much trauma. The current systems that we have were, were built on, on, on sorcery. They weren't built on love and kindness and compassion. They were built in blood. And coercion. <laughs> and distorted alchemy. And we can't heal until we reintegrate, right? Until we reintegrate into. Now, this is nothing new what I'm speaking of. I'm not saying something new. What I'm saying is how do we reintegrate what was taken and then put it back in and reheal? Now, if we don't do it, there's no future for the children and the children's children. Okay. It's merely about our species. It has nothing, or the earth and hydrogen and helium and all the things in the particles that were created this place and all that stuff is always, it's going to be here when we're gone. But will we leave this earth and will we provide a safe place and a beautiful place? Good morning, Thomas. Sorry, I didn't even see you say good morning. Good morning for the future generations. That is to be determined. We've left them in a really screwed up spot. These poor kiddos. That's what I say. We're going to be, what we're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. <laughs> and then the next generations are just going to go through what? Peril and a mass extinction. Like we don't even know what that looks like. It's part of the story. We've created it. We've created our own damn nation. So we get to wake up. Okay, um, let's see, a significant other sign if you, if I can't. It's spiritually, oh wait, see, what does it say? In the process of changing my status. Oh, you're in the process of changing, I don't think I read that right. Oh, okay, good for you. Good for you changing your status. I'm not. I don't need to prove to them my status, that's how I feel, but that's my belief. You can change your status, I have friends who've done it, right, who've done they're already way far along in the process. I've been part of that whole thing ages ago. Okay. It's spiritual dis uh, discerned. That sounds like stuff Columbus did when he came over here to eat dinner with the Indians, only to plot and plan wickedness and demise of nations overtake the land that was not given to them. Yeah. I would like to ask a question. Are you Native American? Um, um, I do have indigenous, I would say native. Yes. Some part of me is, um, I'm from New Mexico and I, um, was born and raised here. And when I did, I didn't know my lineage, right. Until I did. And that's something that as an alchemist, I highly encourage you to do is go back to your ancestry, understand the culture that you came from. Cause that's what was taken away was the culture and the traditions and our rites of passage and all these things that are very important to our understanding of the world. Um, and so 
um, when I did it, it said I was from New Mexico. I kept looking in historical records. Where are we from? Where did we migrate from? I don't understand. I keep, it keeps saying New Mexico, New Mexico, New Mexico. And I'm like, where am I from? And we were from New Mexico. I'm actually of this soil. So yes, native, but I'm also Spanish. So I have a lot of Spanish blood too. So I, again, there's no way that I couldn't be because they came over here, right? And they took the lands and they, 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 <laughs> and so I'm a product of both, right? And those are things that I had to work out in myself because I feel that in, in the Spanish blood, I can feel it inside of me. I can feel what has happened. And I had to forgive and ask for forgiveness, right? Because on behalf of my, my lineage and my ancestors, and we learn how to do ceremony in our own way. Am I connected to a tribe? No, I'm so far removed from that. But it inherently lives in me, or I wouldn't be speaking alchemy. But I would never call myself, you know, a curandera or anything like that. I'm a spiritual alchemist, and I'm a practitioner of the great work. So hopefully that answers it. Columbus didn't um, understand either, just tonight. Columbus probably didn't exist either, just an idea. Doesn't matter if Columbus existed or not. We know that there has been a bunch of blood shed and all that kind of stuff, right? We don't let Elohim separate the wheat from the terror. Yeah. No, you shouldn't need to prove it. If you are alive... You should not aim it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So there you have it. Thank you guys for your insight. Looks like everybody else has gotten off, but I appreciate the insight, the talks, the communication, the everybody contributing. It's going to take all of us contributing together. Hopefully we can come to a place where we can actually heal together. Um, <laughs> I would love to see that. Um, doesn't necessarily happen. Don't get me started on that. Um, and there's reasons why, because our models, our structures, our organizations weren't designed to do that. They weren't designed. They were designed to compete against each other. <sighs> One day. But you know what? Hopefully, in the future, the children will hear this. And they'll be like, oh, okay. This lady was trying to warn people. I don't know. Wake people up. Trying to help people. And maybe not. Who knows? I don't know where this information goes after I get off of here so there you go anyway love you guys have the most fantastic tuesday ever and i'll see you all tomorrow Bye bye